Hey, what's up, guys? This is a special quick edition of the show that I'm going to start trying every once in a while. This is a breakfast table chat. So on the weekends when Matt and I are both home and in town, we will have discussions, like longer discussions about things at the breakfast table. And today I brought up something that happened yesterday. It was a moment where I felt doubt and where I felt like I wanted to give up. And a lot of times these things aren't shared. So I wanted to be transparent. And a lot of you have said that you've really connected whenever I'm really honest about everything, even the bad things. So I wanted to bring it up and I actually don't think it's a bad thing. It's just a, a thing where everything isn't rosy all the time. So here it is. Here's a little chat with Matt and I, and this is totally unedited. I didn't even send it to my producer. I just recorded it this morning and I'm putting it up and I'd love to hear your thoughts if you like more conversations like this. Have an awesome weekend and you guys are going to be pretty stoked about next week's guests. We just finished that podcast recording as well. So if you're listening now, you get a sneak peek. You get a, a, a special front row seat to know who it is. It's TJ Van Garderen, and he was fifth place at the Tour de France twice. So it was a really interesting conversation. So that is coming up uh, near the end of next week. We'll see you later. Have a nice weekend. Yeah, so I was in the kitchen yesterday, and I remember exactly where I was standing when I had this thought, but it's hard because we've been sick for so long, and this weekend I'm supposed to be traveling to go to Chile, and, and you're supposed to be going with me to do the stage race. So then I think about my next race, which is Andalusia in Spain, and there's like been media about me going, and, and um, media about me being a favorite to win the race, and I'm standing there, I haven't ridden my bike in almost two weeks, and I see my competition and a bunch of other people that I'm going to be racing against in nice weather, riding their bike, training, like getting good fitness. And outside it's snowing and I can't ride outside. And it's, it's been really hard for my confidence looking at that race. And I had a moment where I wanted to give up and not even go because I know that I'm not going to have the preparation. I don't want to say I'm not going to have the fitness, but I know I'm not going to have the preparation that I want for the race. And then I thought, well, that's not me. That's not me to just say, oh, well, it's not going to be perfect, so I'm not going to go. And it's because of that external pressure of people's expectations of, oh, well, Sonia's going to this race, so now she has to do well. And I want to do well, but it, I had to take a step back and just accept where I'm at, accept that I'm going to give the best effort I can on a, on a daily basis to get ready for this race once I'm healthy enough to actually start training. And this is a setback, and this is what happens when there's a setback. Like, you have doubt, and you have frustration that it's not going the way that you want it to go but you you just have to show up with what you have so I'm going to get back on my bike I'm going to ride the trainer I'm going to maybe do a, a short training camp somewhere warm but it, it's hard to just show up to a race and just accept what you have and accept that the, the the card the hands you've been dealt as okay but it's been it's been hard for me lately to be on the couch watching everybody else training when I know I have a race coming up and I know that I'm not going to have the fitness and I wanted to have the Trans Andes as, 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 as training, as a stage race to go to this race in Andalusia, but I don't get to do that either because I've been sick, so it's been really hard. Yeah, I think one of the things that, that you do well, but it's, it's not easy, and, and I think it's normal to have those thoughts come, to have doubts, and, and, and it's just how you decide to associate with those. So if you hang on to that and you, you stay there, you lose all this energy thinking about why and why it's not going to go well. So even, even while you're training, and trying to do your best, if you're hanging on to these thoughts, you're sort of derailing yourself and you're, you're taking away the opportunity to do well. But one of the things that you do really well is 
recognizing those thoughts as normal and saying, yeah, sometimes this is just what, how you feel because it, this is the reality. I can't, you know, wishful think away the reality of being sick and missing training and not being ideal. But you can recognize that thought and let it go and then approach the, your preparation with positive energy and not letting those thoughts drag you down. And then you put yourself in a position where amazing things can happen. And, and again, we talked uh, with Catherine Pendrell about her race in the Olympics. And she had three separate incidences in that individual race where she either had a mechanical or she crashed and she could have given up and nobody would have blamed her. And they would have said, hey, you know what? You were in a position to win and then you crashed or whatever and it's totally acceptable. But she just said, you know what? I'm here to do my best and I'm truly going to be okay with that. And I just got back on my bike and rode my best. And she ended up riding into a mill and came third and it was incredible. She was incredibly happy with that and and you've even seen that with you your race results last year you had a big stage race coming up you got sick for six weeks before Transylvania yeah and it wasn't like sick like this kind of sick I wasn't on the couch but I had lined it up so that I was traveling every single week for sponsors or for races or for whatever so I didn't actually I should have canceled those trips but instead I just kept going and going and I prolonged the sickness and an injury so you had a really bad knee injury which you couldn't train on so you, you mm-hmm. actually couldn't even be on your bike without causing yourself yeah. more damage so but you went to Transylvania and you you rode really really well if it wasn't for and once you got to Transylvania you had some travel issues with things not working out you got <laughs> secondary injured, burns secondary burns all <laughs> your body and then the way you'd even organized yourself for the race meant a high degree of travel back and forth every day even after races so you couldn't recover the way you wanted but you went into the race with a positive attitude and you rode really really well you were winning the race and would have easily had the race maybe easily is not fair to say but you would have been in a position to win and then At you the had end, yeah. the, you know the freak accident of your bike completely breaking which you know never happens but no I've never ever in my 14 years of riding have ever had that yeah, happen just a freak accident with the way that you <laughs> you, crashed. you crashed into in a really bad way and but despite all that you had a great result and at the no enduro bike on the enduro day yeah like you weren't prepared as well as you could have been all these things but at the end of that race despite being in a position where you had to lead your jersey and winning and then losing it not being on the podium and getting penalized when there wasn't actually supposed to be a penalty there all of these things happened but you still left the race with a positive attitude a positive experience and you actually grew as a rider and a person and yeah and i rode well there too which was a surprise because I had the early season preparation, but then I didn't do anything for so long, and I only had, like, two weeks to get ready, and then I performed well. So, like, yeah, remembering that that was there. Because I remember going into that race, I was talking with my sports psychologist, Dr. Kaim, about, like, oh, I'm not prepared for this, and I don't deserve to win this race because I didn't do the work. And I'm having similar feelings about Andalusia, and it's not nearly as bad. Like, I have had great training since November, and I've only been off for two weeks. But it's just hard because your confidence gets shaken to the core whenever, especially because like social media, we've heard about social media being, you know, bringing people down. And this is an instance where social media this week and the last couple weeks has brought me down because I'm on the couch and I'm watching everybody else get faster and I'm watching myself get slower. So that's been a really hard thing. But I think that, yeah, your point of setting yourself up for a good situation to happen instead of focusing on all the bad things and all the things that you didn't do right and focusing on the things that you are doing right. But it's it's still hard on race day because if it doesn't go the way you want, you want to start making excuses. Well, I didn't train enough and like blah, blah, blah. But it, it's hard not to make those excuses whenever people are looking at you saying, well, I thought, I thought Sonia was fast. I thought Sonia should be good enough to win this race and then you're not winning the race. Or 
overcoming it and maybe you are winning the race but it's just it's so hard and i think the irony is kind of that even if you go to a race and and you, your your training was great and you, you have a decent result and you're you're pretty happy with that even if you have a good result almost invariably you, you look back and you go well i could have done these things better like even when it is quote <laughs> everything's right it's really hard to sit back and accept that as being, you know what, I did everything I could given the situation, whether it was perfect or not, and accepting that. So it's this kind of psychological game. Even if everything did go perfectly in your training, during the race, at the end of the race, you probably would still be looking back going, well, this would have been better if I'd done that, and this would have been better yeah. if I'd done that. So if, it's, if you can leave those emotional anchors behind and psychological anchors behind and just focus on the positives of, of where you are in your training and where you, your, your likelihood of performance being, being good is much better and your likelihood of actually learning from your performance is much higher too because you're focusing on a bigger picture not just trying to nail these negative scans you're scanning for a negative and picking it out rather than trying to have a more holistic view yeah and I think that I mean even focusing on all those things like People say to me like, oh, well, you're always so positive. That's impossible that you could be that positive and happy all the time. But I'm recording this because I want to show people that I do have doubt. And this is how I handle it when I have doubt. I acknowledge it. I talk about it with my supportive husband, which is awesome. Or it could be your friend or psychologist or whomever. But I mean, it's also hard because on race day, you're going to show up and do the best you can with what you have. But your results are relative to somebody else. And you can't control what other people are doing. You can't control a lot of those things. So you have to learn, and it's, it's not easy to do. You have to learn how to accept those results that you get. And when I look back at some of my results that have been suboptimal because of whatever the reason, I still don't feel good about those. I'm still not happy that I didn't win a race. But then I have to say again, like, okay, well, I got fourth place at this race. And I got all my, my excuses or my reasons or whatever but then you take another step back and you say, well, did I show up and do the best that I could on that day? And sometimes, you know what? Sometimes you don't do your best. Sometimes you give up and sometimes those bad things happen too and just finding a way to accept those. But And learn from them when there's opportunity, right? Like, yeah. like you said, it's not always perfect. I and mean, you're not trying to explain away um, an opportunity to learn. You're not trying to explain away a, a failure. And I use that in a positive way. You're not trying to explain away, well, things didn't go my way. And I could have done things differently. You're not trying to avoid those in any way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like, I don't, I actually think it's boring. Like, of course it's awesome to win every race and for everything to go well all the time. But that would get really boring because I think as humans, we we secretly like a little bit of, of drama. We secretly like a little bit of a challenge because all of us, no matter what we're doing, we constantly put ourselves in challenging situations. Whether we, whether we recognize it or not, we do. Like, if you look at people... Certain people do it in their relationships, like they thrive in drama, they thrive in making their relationships harder. Fortunately, we don't. Some people do it like with conflict in their, their friendships or at work or whatever, or like people will, like if people get too complacent, they get bored. So also I think reflecting on that and saying, well, it's actually interesting whenever there's a challenge because now your brain is engaged and you're not just on autopilot anymore because you have to deal with these emotions one way or another. Yeah, and I think, you know what's been helpful for me and i know we've talked about this a lot is also meditation has been helpful in terms of how you deal with thoughts that you know aren't productive so how do you get to a position where you realize you're being negative or you realize you're focusing on something that's not productive but how do you let that go and then redirect yourself and i think a lot of it's is practice it's not 
some of it's inherently who, who we are. Some of it is genetically driven to being more positive or more negative, but a lot of that is learned and can be changed if you, if you desire that. So in meditation, we've used the app Headspace and they give you this, and I, I remember the little cartoon that they have. They have this little cartoon guy and he's sitting on the side in a little hammock and all these thoughts are going by and they're little bubbly clouds. And so you can choose to jump in front of that and, and stay with that thought the whole time or you can recognize it's there if there's a lesson there, wonderful. If there isn't, who cares? And you can let that just bounce on by. And you can wait for the positive ones to come. And that's sort of a way of scanning. And, and again, there's times when those thoughts, you, you, you've run out into the middle of the traffic and you haven't realized and you go, oh, oh crap, what am I doing <laughs> here, right? I need to get off the side of the road and let these things go by. And it's human nature. No one, no one ever is always positive all the time. Of course they're not. But with practice, you can get really, really good. And you are really good at recognizing when you're in a position that's not helping you trying to remove yourself and take something positive out of that and then refocusing but it's certainly not easy yeah I admit I haven't been doing meditation for a while and I'm like ashamed of that and I've been having a hard time getting myself started which is funny but I think that I still practice meditation every single day because an example was when I was standing in the kitchen in that spot where I can I can remember exactly where I was yesterday when I started going down the train of negativity and saying, oh, like I should just quit. I should just give up and not even show up to this thing. How could I show my face there? Because I, I've been sick for two weeks and making all these excuses. And I was able to stop that and start again and and deal with it. So, yeah, but I, I think I do need to start doing more meditation again on a daily basis. Yeah, it's, in, it's interesting that this is, we're talking about sports and performance in sports, but how that really can impact your performance in your life and, and we're not talking about hitting a, a goal at work or anything like that but just how to live a more present and fulfilled life and, and sports is a really interesting way to give you these little practices and things that matter less let's say is an outcome of a race versus uh, an outcome of a relationship or maybe even an outcome at work for most of us that aren't full-time professional athletes it's more important for me to have a healthy career than it is to do well in races but it's really interesting as you start thinking about how to perform in races and how and the lessons that sport teach you, how to transact, transition that into your life. And, and this is one of those examples of a really meaningful, obvious way sport is really helpful in, in all kinds of ways in your life. So it's, it's kind of fun. And I think also, this is a bit of an aside, but we look at the way, we've talked about this a little bit about how the world of media has changed and the world of TV particularly has changed. It used to be you had so many channels and you watch them and that's all gone and you can Netflix and all kinds of ways to consume media but the one thing that hasn't changed on TV since probably the 70s if not before is sports and the weather channel but how the you know but yeah. really sports is still just as fascinating and it really has the delivery of it hasn't changed the the format of it hasn't changed I can't think of anything else on media. Just the height of people's shorts change. <laughs> like <laughs> exactly. the basketball shorts. Exactly. <laughs> Thank God they are dropping. <laughs> but yeah, so it's really interesting. Again, because I think, like, to get back to your earlier comment, we connect over over these things uh, in a really meaningful way. Sports is a really interesting way to, to learn things. Yeah, and I, I think about where the root of my anxiety, that where the root of the anxiety came from when I started feeling this way yesterday and it was from social media. Like it was from watching everybody else outside riding when I know I'm not gonna be able to ride outside for like over a month. Um, watching everybody else training get faster while I can't, while I'm on the couch. And 
when I was on the couch last year for a month when I had foot surgery, it didn't bother me because I didn't have any like close races coming up. But I can see... That was planned for as well. And that was planned for, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like, I can actually see how people can feel anxiety about social media, that they're not good enough or they're not doing enough. And typically, I don't have those feelings. But this was a, a time where I actually did feel I'm not good enough and I'm not going to be good enough because I see what everybody else is doing and it looks great. And then I try to remind myself, like, well, even when I'm training all the time, I still don't feel amazing on my bike all the time and everything still isn't perfect. So reminding yourself that that is the highlight reel and you're projecting what you wish you could be doing onto that person or thing or whatever and that's not actually reality Mm. yeah but yeah I just I one more thing I want to talk about with self-doubt is something that I've I've uh, found helpful and I've been because I was on the couch for a couple weeks (laughs) I've read a ton of books because I love reading um, nonfiction books And something that I've done and that I read about again was journaling. And when you're having doubt, write down the worst case scenario of what could happen. And then write down the best case scenario of what could happen. And then write down all the things that go along with that. Like like how are you going to feel? How are other people going to perceive you? What's going to happen? How is this going to change your life on a large scale? So if if you've tried everything and nothing's helping... I think doing that really helps put things in perspective in the big picture because we can get so my, like myopically focused on something and it becomes this big deal and it just takes over our lives when really when you look at it from a big picture perspective, it's really just a blip on the screen and it helps you detach some of the crazy importance that you've put on it. But yeah, there's some Saturday morning coffee thoughts like... We always sit down at the, the breakfast table on the weekends and we have these really awesome long conversations and it's it's only on the weekends for some reason. And I've always wanted to record one of these conversations. So I'm really glad we, we started talking about this and I said, hey, let's stop and let's let's actually record this. Let's record the rest of this conversation as it plays out because I think that it's really useful and I think it's important to show people that like, look, it's not all, I don't always feel confident. I don't always feel good about things. And this is what it looks like. This is how I deal with it. And having you as my partner, it's so helpful to have that. Because if you had, imagine the person that you confide in isn't like you and they start taking you down the negative path. So that's a, another example of how important it is to surround yourself with good people because they help build you up instead of help bring you down, yeah. <laughs> tie a weight to your ankle and put you underwater <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah absolutely i mean that goes both ways for both of us and we were both understanding of one another and supportive of one another and we we generally genuinely listen and try and try and hear what each other's saying and you know i think uh, taking the time for that and maybe that's why it happens on the weekends because we can actually mm. take the time instead of be rushing to get to an appointment or what have you so i hope you get two things out of this podcast number one some tools on how to deal with self-doubt And number two, the importance of slowing down and having meaningful conversations with people that you care about because it's so easy to be in a rush. It's so easy to just not be focused on what's happening inside of us and sharing it with people that are close to us. So I hope you guys enjoyed it and we'll see you on the next episode.